and welcome to the Crash Chords Podcast. Um, no news this week. Well, there was probably news somewhere, but we don't have any. So we're just going to start with our uh, what's in our headphones this week. Um, I'll, of course, start with um, what I've been listening to. I've been very much stuck on the new Flowbots and the new Matchbox 20. I've been kind of listening to them on Endless Loop and really enjoying them. Um, finding intricacies in the albums that I hadn't noticed on the first couple of listens that I'm really enjoying. Like... On the song uh, "How Long" on Matchbox Twenty Eight, had that weird up note on the almost synthesized yeah, harbor chord. It was a bend, like that bend. It's just every time I hear it, like it just fills me with joy. How unique and awesome that sound is. That's cool. But uh, and that, and I've been also listening to as uh, my song shot dis- dictated um, on the website. I've been listening to a lot of "Candy" by Robbie Williams. One of those catchy songs that I just can't really get out of my head that I'm really enjoying. Though I happen to be a fan of his for quite some time now, and I'm excited for his new album coming out in November. John? I was listening to a lot of classic rock. Uh, I was on a, a Who Doors binge. That's an I interesting think it's, combination. I think, not, it's not that unusual. I did a double take there. Who Doors? Who Doors? Okay. It's like he's saying Who Doors weird. It's <laughs> kind of what I heard. It's, it's, it's The Who and The Doors. I rephrased it. I see. There's still a slash in there. Thank you. For no, a lot of classic rocks. Well, well, but you didn't say anything about Guns N' Roses. I did. Slash in there. Uh-huh. Oh, God. Uh-huh. We're going to have to get a laugh track. Otherwise, uh-huh. no one's going to like you. Uh-huh. Yeah, I no, wish kidding. I had I that just... panel with all those buttons right now. <laughs> Actually, I would do the... <laughs> no, I was very, uh, feeling very nostalgic this week. Um, a lot of... Uh, uh, Grateful Dead, Rolling Stones, uh, some Southern Rock with the Eagles, Neil Young, um, Mamas and the Papas even thrown in there once in a while. They got one or two good songs. Jeez, really? Uh, and of course, and of course, Janice. I have to have Janice in there. Of course, she's important to me. I understand that. I understand that. Um, funk. That's it. Just funk. Really? Lots of funk. Specific Crazy bands. Funk. Um, very very weird obscure ones that don't exist anymore. Okay. I, I got into a compilation disc uh, a while back. Kings of Diggin', check it out. Okay. Um, actually, I've probably told everyone about this album for the past five years, because it's just that on my mind. But, um, yeah, I would I would probably be featuring some songs from that in the near future. Okay, sounds good. I, I honestly don't listen to a lot of funk. I mean, I, I, I've had some experience with some funk. I mean, of course, you know, it's just... I don't. I don't think I know the genre as well as many others who are a fan of the genre do. It's tricky. I, I think that it's 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 a genre that is accused of being campy more often than not. But I think with uh, a little bit of effort, it can be done really, really, really well. Yeah, and campy doesn't always necessarily mean bad. There are plenty of campy things I enjoy. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. Actually, that'll probably be a feature of the tr- trigger track at some point. Okay. For 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 your idea of fun. My idea of fun. Okay, that's fair. Um, Not your idea of fun. <laughs> We all uh, service emotions differently. Um, this brings us to our uh, album review of the week, which I'm going to let Steve intro because I don't even want to try and pronounce the band's name. So, take it away, Steve. Menomena. Not Menomena. Menomena. Although cue that thing that Menomena. everybody does, including me, okay. when I hear the name. And the album uh, simply called Mums. Mums. I don't know if it's mums, like like it's trying to be French or a little bit. 
but I think it's just moms. Like, M O M S. Yes, you, you, your mother and your friend's mother, and pretty much all mothers. I have no idea whether that's even relevant to that. The... Uh, that that's <laughs> like we'll talk about this more as we go into the album review. But that title has nothing to do with anything. No, I don't think anything has to do with anything in any of this. Also true. Well, but, but we'll get we'll, we'll get into that. So it's go tricky, ahead. It's a tricky thing. Let's put it this way. I am aware of the chaos behind Monomena's work. And I think that with, with a little bit of effort, it can be done very, very well. Just like funk, right? With a little bit of effort, anything can be done really, really well. It can be turned from noise into art. Which, um, is, which is what they did with the first track, Plumage. Plumage. Everybody felt that. Everybody felt yes. that the first track was on par. It was it kind was, of this organized chaos I wrote down. Great yeah. intro. Uh, complex pianos throughout. Uh, it had a couple of really nice breakdowns, especially that trumpet breakdown. I really enjoyed it, and it had a great piano guitar outro. It was it was the perfect intro track for this album. Uh, I I really enjoyed it. The uh, the lyrics were a little overshadowed by the music, <clears throat> but that's okay. It complemented it as opposed to just that's drowning that's out okay the for words. Me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so nobody really disagreed on Plumage. No, no this, I, this was a solid was track. Good, it was a pretty good, a pretty good intro track. Right. And this is where I made my first judgment call, and I kept making judgment calls on this album. And this this song felt. I put it best when I when I said. The the dark version of Modest Mouse, and this is a theme that I actually feel uh, can describe a lot of songs in here. It's like you have the chaos of Modest Mouse. With a uh, deeper chord associated with it. I could see that, to some extent. I mean, Modest Mouse is quirky in their way. And this is a very quirky band. They use a lot of instruments, um, pretty much whatever's in the room. Which is actually a quote by them. They use whatever is available to them. Um, As for how much thought really goes into whether we should use that instrument or not, I'm not entirely sure. Sometimes yeah. it doesn't really feel like that's there. If I'm not, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, I, I believe we heard random tones throughout most of this album. Well, not chords, some, tones. Some of it was more organized <laughs> than other parts. Um, I made a comparison early on in Plumage and even in Capsule a bit that I thought it reminded me of Beck's uh, mid to late 90s work. Just because his 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 songs were very, you know, music over here, vocals over there, backup vocals by an all female group behind him, you know, kind of all over the place was very much his music, and I got that sense from the early tracks on this this record. It was it was a very good comparison. Uh, Capsule Capsule had that same sort of feel to it, very all over the place. Problem was about halfway through the song, or even a little bit less, about a third of the way through the song, it, it there was a breakdown that really lost it for me, uh, and it built itself back up. Yeah, it, well, let it, me just, just just interject there because that's pretty much what they've done for their career. Is there are a lot of breakdowns, if you could call them, or transitions? You never really know when you hear it, and that's a that's a that's the main problem that I've always had with Monomena, Despite that, I actually really do enjoy their sound. Is that they just tend to lose their place. They go into another section, which you try your best to accept as something as something new, as something original, and as something which in some way is going to relate with the previous section. But as you let it pan out, I'm not sure it always does that. 
Yeah, those breakdowns. The, the problem with these transitions and breakdowns for me is that, and we got more of an insight to it as we looked up uh, more information on them before we started recording. That they kind of, it's a very jam sessiony, pass the instrument, pass the microphone kind of uh, building for for a lot of the songs, which made the composition of it make more sense or the production of it make more mm-hmm. sense, but it still didn't make it better. It just explained why it sounded so disjointed in some sections. Well, you were correct to say composition. This this is pure composition, not just production, even though there's certainly a lot of production oh, that yeah. went into it. Um, but I, I think it's too early in this review to start, uh, to start trashing yeah. quite yet. I really do love their sound. I yeah. love a lot of what they do, and it shows a lot of forethought in the moment-to-moment aspect of it. But it's the overarching quality that kind of loses it and i mean even um a peak which happened to be my first favorite on the album i didn't even really have much notes for it because it was just kind of a very good kind of together song it wasn't as kind of all over the place as the first two songs were it had a solid beat it was deliberately off key uh it had a very grungy punk guitar work to it it had great breakdowns. It really did transition well. It had a very gorilla sound. Yeah, especially in the, in the it vocals. Was, it was a solid song. It was really you're well gonna, designed. You're going to hear a lot of comparisons here, because I think that's the that's trouble I've had, at least when trying to show other people this band, is that they always seem to want to relate it with what they know, because it is such a strange sound that Monoman has concocted. It's very theatrical. Yes. That's what I, I noticed first and foremost, and it should be noted that they actually did... Uh, they actually did write the music behind um, uh, an off-Broadway play, I believe. Okay. I'm not sure if it was off-Broadway, but it was, it was a play, and um, it, they're, the perfect, they're perfect people to do this. Well, yeah. They, I, they, I, I think it, it pervades into their, into their uh, album work, into their studio work. You hear, like, something should be going on, but you can't see it, and you're not sure what it is. There's definitely a level of production value in this record. You can feel that even though... There are cluttered sounds, and kind of some of the songs are unclear as we continue. You can tell, though, that it was still it was done purposefully. They didn't just purposefully in the fact that they wanted to be very experimental and very kind of all over the place. They, it didn't just happen to be that way. That's their style, it seems. Yeah, especially this considering is what the songs they go for. Play. That's going to be factored in at the end. And this is this is where Baton Track Four. It had a great intro. The synth notes thrown in it were kind of meh for me. They got a little trying after a while. It was okay for me, honestly. It was uh, it was okay. It was really the powerful, first... powerful soundscaping that they had going on. There. It was okay in the beginning, but it it became trying. Just for me, that song was very cluttered. I could understand and, that, and I couldn't decipher. Like I like to identify instruments. Go, hey, there's a xylophone and there's a triangle and there's a drum and guitar and this could, was this was chaos it was nausea. it was a cluster you couldn't you couldn't really hear any differentiation and i mean that's not always a bad thing but also like if you're going to have chaotic music it can't also be cluttered and have too many sounds if you want to have chaos there still has to be a distinguishing factor between each instrument so you can at least identify that there is something going on and here's uh, this is where uh, the the album. I said something, and Steve actually agreed. And I felt that the band was allowing their egos and their desire to be a part of their music, getting away with the in the way of their natural talent for making music. 
Because this is a band that obviously is very intelligent when it comes to sound. But I feel like with that intelligence, they're thinking too highly of their noise. Too highly of their instruments and laying in extra tracks and adding more and adding more. And Baton was that. It felt like there was just too much going on. And they felt like they couldn't cut anything. I keep waiting to disagree with you, but I don't. It's true. I did agree with that, <laughs> as, a, as a matter of fact. Um, I, I, I don't want to... Again, I still feel it's a little bit too early in this review to, to start um, start really throwing... Uh, ah, it's, it's, it's tricky. I, I think it's, it's a matter of sections. That's the biggest problem here. The sections do not relate to each other. They come in with new sounds. They throw them out almost haphazardly. I might actually... I actually uh, disagree with you, Matt, that it's entirely premeditated. I think a lot of this is whatever's on hand at the time. They're good at creating it as it goes, but by the time they're three, four minutes into the song, because these are very long songs, most of these albums. They were on average between four and five minutes each song on this album. Exactly. Yeah. Some of them even longer than that. Yeah. And, uh, and by the time that sound comes in, you the... the writer, the composer themselves, had probably forgotten what was earlier in the song. I'm not sure if they were... I, I can see it being a little bit painstaking in trying, with their method, to try to make it work cohesively. Yeah, that's... I think that's a fair assessment. I definitely... I do... I, I'll agree with that. It's just... It's so hard to tell what they're going for sometimes with this album. That's the biggest thing for me, is I... You know, it, for me, with the record, especially if I'm listening to it from from cover to cover, per se, you know, from beginning to end, I need to identify with something pretty early on to keep me going. Otherwise, I feel lost. And for, though there were things I liked in the first couple of tracks, more, you know, I really liked Plumage, but then Capsule and Capsule was kind of, I kind of got lost in the peak I liked it, and then Baton I got lost. I just kept losing my grip on what it was that I was listening to. But then they hooked me back. It was kind of an on-off between each song because the next song, Heavy is As Heavy Does, really did hook me. It was a very beautifully composed song. It was very, very well made. And it wasn't as cluttered as the previous track. Yeah, Heavy Is As Heavy Does was very reminiscent to me um, of of their 2007 album, Friend and Foe. That, that is an album which I, I, I completely accepted their sporadic nature because I felt that it was done artfully and with intention. And I guess... Most of these tracks, I just didn't hear that. There's, there's something lacking, it seems. It I, was, I, they probably did get carried away. And I, I actually felt, while I do and I did enjoy Heavy Is As Heavy Does, the lyrics were very poetic. The piano work was great. Uh, they did have a music solo in, in the middle that was a little bit too over the top, a little bit too chaotic. And they were trying to condense so many notes in a very short time frame. Yeah, but I, I might disagree with when you they on came that out of the no, When they came no, out no, of no that guitar intended. work... <laughs> When they came out of that solo, they really actually had the guitar playing off the the, the uh, vocals incredibly well. That That's what brought me back together, and that's why I like this song. The guitar spoke with the lyrics and had a, a, a jarring note that was complimenting the almost easygoing sound of his voice. Speaking it, of, it was very well done. Speaking of that, like I had written that it was beautiful, but... I would have preferred for it to stay simple. It was one of those songs, like when we spoke about Matchbox 20 last week, we said that the uh, I Will 
was one of those songs that we kept expecting them to screw up because they were going to throw in more and they kept it simple and that made it beautiful. I really wanted this song to be that song too. I really wanted it to be... I wanted it to stay that simple track. But, I mean... You, you said that about 30 seconds, 45 seconds into the track. Yeah. They better stay like this. And then they well, didn't. But they didn't also... But it's, they, uh, see, I, I'm not sure if I'm noticing 100% the same thing that you're noticing there because you were attracted to that simplicity. Now, I... I, I Certainly one for being attracted to simplicity in other respects, but I actually feel that this band's saving grace, their their uniqueness is, is their found complexity. in their complexity. So oh, that, yeah. that's not what turns me off. It's just complexity should still be done with meaning, with... with it didn't turn me off the song, and if I, had, if I had misspoke, I still liked the song. I just would have preferred it the way it was, personally, to my tastes. It wasn't bad, and yes, you're right. Uh, the, that's the, that's the, what I predicted the, from the start. The, the, this the, is going to be a taste discussion. The, the, the progression of the song very much fit to their style, and, and it still was done well. I just would have preferred it a different way. But I think, I mean, we're all in agreement, though, that it was beautifully composed. There were some ups and downs, but all in all, it was a very good track. Well, I, I'm not going to say this is taste, because I really enjoyed this song. I re- Even the solo that I'm having issue with, but I felt like they could have... They could have slowed down. They could have cut back a little. And I know that's not in their nature, which is yeah. potentially part of the problem I'm having with this album. They can't do simple. All right. Well, they can't, I, I, they I, I, I missed a little background here. Uh, it should be noted that this is a band who rarely spends any time in the studio, if ever. This is a band that, that composes their tracks individually and uh, collaborates with each other via email Sending files, overlaying—it's—it's it's a very challenging way to do it. Uh, I mean, some people might argue that there's something to be said for uh, work that is done in the studio with you know bouncing each ideas off each other right on the spot. Perhaps the delay here explains that uh, that lag that you feel, the disconnect from I mean, one moment to the next. I mean, for me personally, I find. For me personally, I don't know. I mean, I'm not in this band, so obviously I can't speak to them. But for me personally, I would find it difficult to collaborate with someone without being in the same room with them at some point. I just, I can't imagine it would be easy to I, I don't think it's do impossible. It. No, I'm not saying it is. I just think for me personally, I think it would be difficult. I have trouble wrapping my mind around that because for me, I just, I would think it would be so much easier to be in the same space as someone so you can bounce those ideas off each other. I think it's, in fact, I think it's less a distance than it is time. Like, just the delay involved in waiting for someone else to respond. In that time, I mean, I, I feel that there's something to be said for the the in-the-moment action of the composition. Yeah. That's when the juices are flowing. That's when all your ideas are flying and you're, you're, you're coming up with a way to make it work. Then all of a sudden, when you've done your part, you've said your piece, you've sent the email, you're just waiting for someone else to have their take on it. Yeah. And that could be completely divergent from what you had in mind. In which case, in that time, you might have even lost your idea of it. It's just, it's tricky. Some of the best songs have been written in a day. Yes. And this is obviously not the case. It is painstaking, and that's a quote from the band. But we're we're digressing a bit. We can get back to that, you know, as we uh, wrap up the review. I think it's very important considering considering the the work done here. I agree, and it's going to definitely even come into our topic after and throughout the, the album review. But I do want to talk more yeah, to the get, tracks. Yeah, let's try okay. to get track um, to track. So, Gift Shop. This song... This is the biggest... By far uh, my least favorite track, and I think we're all in agreement on, yeah. on that. Okay, I wrote a paragraph down. I actually had to write a paragraph down. Oh, dear. Okay, Gift Shop. 
Back and forth with complexity and simplicity. I don't know what it is or what it means, but I like it sort of. I feel like a factory had sex with a jazz band, and that baby did drugs while in philosophy class and made music. That, to me, is gift shop. (laughs) We excuse you if you did not hear exactly what John heard. (laughs) Yes. Um, My biggest problem with gift shop was that it was just... They took that chaos and clutter to another level where it wasn't e- to me anyway. This is this is this song is purely a taste thing for me. To me, it sounded like noise, nothing but empty noise. I couldn't decipher it. It didn't sound like music. No, that's not taste. I agree with that, and I did like parts of this song. I just felt like the rest of the song, two thirds of it, just destroyed the good parts of it. This was. A, it felt pure instrumental. Uh, I don't even I'm, remember. I'm going to interrupt both of you here. This is an improv. That's what this is to me. It is an improv 100% and, ex- and defines every bit of reason why I am not so much for improvisations. Unless, unless they're fairly controlled within the uh, context of a, of a greater whole. This was just pure improv front to back. I'd be very surprised if someone told me otherwise. And... And because of that, because of what... It has no context, it just rambles. It's not even that. The part, some parts of it are so bad, this song actually became unlistenable for me. I would not want to hear this song again. I think also... That's how distasteful. It's a shame, because really, all all of this I still consider to be marvelously composed. And this track departs from that. It's not composed so much as... This is is what every uh, music professor would be telling me you know, please avoid doing. Try to look back at your idea. What is your theme? Try to hone your thought and your idea. You're just writing music for the sake of writing music. My problem with this improv, I think, is that improv is great live because improv is improv live is you're showing your talent. Yes, yes. You're If this was a live performance, I might accept it. Like I'm watching a video and they're going nuts on the instruments. I'd probably enjoy it with the visuals because. Improv is a great way to showcase talent in a live also, show. It also feeds off of the energy of the crowd, so you're actually gearing it towards what the crowd wants. Exactly. And that actually is a good thing, it can, because you'll go in a proper direction. Exactly. But on this album... just correct something here. The noise that I'm talking about isn't like it's, uh, isn't like it's jarring, musically speaking. Yeah. It's still very, very well written. It just it lacks focus. I, I can't come up with and, a better phrase than that. on an album, it just doesn't fit. If it were a live performance, I think it would be so much better. But for, for where they put it on the album, to break it in half, because this is, you know, this is track six. This is the halfway point. It just wasn't, wasn't what I wanted to hear. It wasn't pleasing to my ears. You know, it was just, it wasn't jarring. I'll agree. There was composition in it, but it was, it was still too all over the place and just clearly improv and clearly... Hey, let's do this. Oh, let's throw this in there. Oh, and let's add this. And it, to the point where it just became something else. Yeah. But but the redeeming thing was the track after, Skindercourse, was probably my favorite track on the record. It was it was still the, clearly their sound from what I gathered from the rest of the record, but it was more focused, more more honed, more directioned. And it flowed better. Skin to Course was right up there with Heavy Is As Heavy Does and, yeah. and Plumage. I, I think these are, without question at this point in the album, the most focused tracks. And they were very, very enjoyable and very, like I said, very directioned and focused. And I, 
I enjoyed them quite a bit. The thing I loved about Skinter Course is it had this drive that, that was uh, perpetuated by the by the bass and the drums that just really kept it going. It, it was fun, it was catchy, and I just I found myself invested for one of the first times since, well, Heavy is as Heavy does. It's, it's too sporadic. I would hear a song that did it for me, and then I would hear a song that just didn't. Yeah. That's the trouble here. It, it was a jazzy heartbeat with forceful singing. It had good guitar work. It had a huge variety of instrumental sounds in it that were woven in and out. This is where they actually took a step back and didn't just keep throwing more things on top of more things. They were introducing new noises, new sounds into each part, but it kept the overall theme of the song. It was very well written that way. Yeah. It was very coherent and cohesive. By the way, you wrote a lot of notes. I did. This is... <laughs> Per song, this was the most notes I've ever written, and I didn't write anything for the last song. Um, moving on to yeah. the, the next track, uh, Tantalus, as it's pronounced in the song, so I'm guessing that's the correct pronunciation. Um, Takes well, too long to get to Yeah, the, the drum intro was never-ending, and I didn't notice it the first time, but when we re-listened to it, I was like... When's the song going to kick in? I don't remember but, being this but long. But don't you remember? You were in space. I was in space. We were in space. Once it was no, 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 no. No. Space. We were not at space until the intro was over. Yeah, about we halfway through the song. The, okay, we were then. launching with the intro, which like a normal launch took forever, and then we were in space. I, okay, let me just put it out there. I think this is already saying something really, really uh, poor about the album, that the best we can come up with is very, very abstract metaphors. Yeah, I don't think that's a good thing. I, 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 I prefer to speak uh, of subtle metaphors, like, yeah. like emotional qualities that a song can exude. That's the kind of thing that I like to see. I did not, I'm not seeing that to this so far. Yeah, I, I agree. And I don't... I, songs don't have to be focused. They don't have to be like your Matchbox on your Eve 6 where it's a message, you know, feel better, feel worse, boyfriend broke up with girlfriend. No, no, no. They don't the have, everything doesn't have to be that way, but just the same. It can't be like this where we can't even put anything to it. We except wrote down very we, basic things. We kept writing down space. For this song, it was, sounded like they were in outer space. It was very, it was, it was very science fiction-y. Yeah, but, it was early 1980s science fiction sound effects. <laughs> That was formed into a song, okay. just not well. That's just the keyboard. Let, let's just drop it. No, yeah. it that wasn't just the, the keyboard. It yes, was, it was. The beat yes, was, was actually done. I, I feel like, I, I test that the beat was that beat. I think that half those movies didn't even have a beat. It would just be synth. It would be yeah. droning synth from one chord to the next. Yeah. This is the abstract metaphor that I'm talking about. I, I just can't get on board with that 100%. I do hear what you're hearing, but it is to such a subtle degree. Ah... I don't know. I'm trying what, to treat the song for the song and look for something else, something that is trying to tell me uh, independently. It had interesting piano work. I did give it that. I did have <laughs> interesting um, uh, bass work, this song drum just work. Didn't it really... was interesting, but you know what? The the theme of the song was just overpowering for me, and it wasn't a, it wasn't a really good, well flushed out theme for me. I and mean, we don't even know. I thought it had a theme. But, yeah, it wasn't it was too well flushed out. But we don't even know if that was the theme they were intending. We're interpreting it as what we hear. And I can't hear maybe what they're trying to say. Yeah, it could be. They could have been going for something completely different. And that was my biggest problem with the song is that... Look, even if the theme is not space, I still hear a theme. I heard something that, yeah. that drew me in. It, it brought me somewhere. They just didn't go anywhere after that. No, it kind of just it was dropped during a brief, off. It was during the brief chorus. Yeah. That's it. 
and then there was a train wreck, that, yeah. which is what happens with yeah. a lot of these songs. They're just Tra- they, they train hit. Wrecks. I I ah, it's really really tough because I I hate to trash this band. They are such skilled musicians in every respect. But we're not trashing the band. We're trashing specific songs yeah, on the yeah. album. You know, not, not even songs. I'm trashing parts of songs. Yeah. I am trashing the way they construct the songs. I mean, truth be told, when we reviewed Linkin Park, we didn't trash Linkin Park. We trashed the composition of the album. We did. Because we all admitted that they had some semblance of talent in their early career. But they the, just did, that the album was a disjointed mess. Oh, I didn't hear that particularly earlier in their career, but I... That's personal, uh, more yeah. about personal tastes, I think, too, with that. But the point that's is... That's a that... personal taste. These are clearly more talented musicians oh, than course. any of the Lincoln Park Of course, musicians. and I'm not saying I, they're I'm not. I'm making that comparison on air, and I am not shy to say No, that. but that's fine, and I'm not saying they're not. But I, what I am saying is that the similarity is that this band is just so all over the place and schizophrenic. That's the theme for the album, is this album is completely schizophrenic and I unfocused. I think what bothers me most... And if, if anyone for the band were ever to hear me say this, like, this is what I'd like them to, to, to realize that I'm trying to get at. I, I don't want them to think that, I am, that I'm a, a disbeliever or a hater or anything like that. I, I enjoy what they're going for, but that's just the problem. I know that they're capable of so much more. I know, that, I know that they have forethought. They have something that a lot of bands don't. I think that a lot of bands are so stuck in the rigid framework of, of uh, chorus, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, verse, and just trying to come up with something that is catchy and sellable that they don't have any forethought. They, they, don't, they don't care where they are in the grand scheme of things as long as they're shoveling out albums and making their money. This band has a greater idea, but I just... They're not, they're not reaching it. They're not, they're, they're a, they come up with a great idea... They abandon it on the spot. They come up with another uh, great idea, and then they go into something completely different. It's... Yeah. <laughs> the reason I'm trailing off is because they are trailing off. No, yeah. That, that I, is, this, this... Absolutely. <laughs> um, well, let's move on to the, the next track. we got two more to go. Track nine was Don't Mess With The, Latex, the Late Texas. L-A-T-E-X-A-S. Late an Texas. awkward, Late an Texas awkward Texas word. Or and my notes for this song are simply question marks because I didn't know what the frack to make of the song. I, I really didn't. I couldn't. I couldn't even grasp. Like the lyrics were definitely. To be honest, this, well is, a, this is a taste issue. I really did enjoy the uh, the bass drum work that they set up here. I yeah. thought it was incredibly catchy. Drumming and, and with good bass. The horns. I whenever Manomina uses horns, it, it's it really, it's a signature for their sound. It is something that... I, I, there's just not too many bands out there that use horns, is the thing. Aside from ska, and this is certainly not a ska band. They no. also worked some nice hi-hat with the piano work. It came out cool. And, and it's for that reason why I see the comparisons between the Gorillas and, the, and Modest Mouse. Because they are pretty experimental with their the lyrics instrumentation were, as well. The lyrics were poetic and great in this song. I just don't know where the lyrics and the singing had anything at all to do with the rest of the music. They were two distinct songs. One was a poem. One was an interesting combination of music that I would actually like to hear. They got disjoined. There was a great... There was a good... There was a really good intro in this in this uh, uh, song that halfway through, it was like the intro was like, Oh, no, but we're going to play something else. And then they start singing. And then they're like, ah, but we're going to play something else. And now they start singing another verse. It was, it was weird. No, yeah, it, it wasn't was, it really was about, well done. They dropped off, is what they did. Again, they had half the song. I was really, really enjoying their build-up. Half of it. it. It was literally half of it, which sounded like an intro. 
and I tried to accept it as an intro before I finally actually got immersed into it as a section. They actually succeeded in that regard really, really well. But then, they cut out again. They cut out, and, and I didn't know where I was. It could have been a completely separate track. And it's not the only time they did this, yeah, as then, I have frequently said throughout I, this podcast. And, and, and the next track, in the next track, it was most glaringly obvious to me and Steve. Yeah, that the, the final track was... was One uh, Horse was a 10-minute song. That I mean, when you look at a ten-minute song, you're expecting something because ten minutes is a long time for a song, even a good song. So you know, it started out with this great synth, very mellow build. It wasn't just great synth. That this was phenomenal, groundbreaking synth, like it, it I was, had never heard anywhere else in the face of the planet. It was it was proof that this album is composed, and this track was clearly, clearly a composition. This track, to be honest, is one of my absolute favorites. I, I think it was a fantastic finale. I see. I want to say I that. Know, I know. I know, and I know what you're going to say. Because about two and a half minutes into the song, because it's a ten-minute song, yeah. the, the all of the instruments drop out, and a different set of instruments come in, and it's like we're listening to a completely different song. And it was so unexpected. But what made it worse was then two minutes later... They, they do a seem- slow, gradual... They seamlessly went from the B section... Back to the A. It, if you could call it one, back into the A section. And it was They had beautiful. no problem with that, but they could not compose it from A to B. If you can do B to A, but you can't do A to B, it really, really hurts the song. And if they, if they had done that, if they had done what they did from B to A in the beginning, I don't know that I would be so disjointed, but I'm so conflicted with the song because that, that separation just makes it sound like two completely different songs mashed together. And it's so. To me, that that is a. Disjointed. Um, like I, I the have, rest of I the have a hard time believing, uh, to be honest, that that Manomona even. I, I I think it was rushed. I think this was honestly a rushed track. I think they had a great idea, and they were so in love with their idea, they just decided to say, "Yeah, what the hell? You know, our retransition is good. Who's going to notice the first? But I do. I really yeah. do. And I. I I can't I can't treat it as a cohesive finished product yeah. if I have that glaring gap. And then and then the song goes on for Wait, wait. I didn't hear that transition as forcefully. I know what you guys are coming from and I know where the part I can point to the part on the track where there was the transition that you felt disjointed. I didn't feel that same disjointing. But I also felt that this track well, while it was actually only about 7 minutes long because there is a hidden track, uh, was it, this track was just way too long. It felt way too drawn out See, that, and that, severely that repetitive with. in the movements. In your A, B, C, D, it just felt way too repetitive in those okay, parts. Okay, now we're getting into something a little bit more interesting here, because we're hearing two different things. This, is, this could be taste, to be honest, because that is a part of their art. And I, I don't hear that repetitiveness. Yeah, I do. Th- and, and what repetitiveness there is, I think, is very much needed. Like, when that, that opening synth comes back every single time, it rips my heart in pieces. It's just, it's the most jarring sound I've ever heard. And I mean jarring in the positive sense. Poor word choice, perhaps. But, I don't know. I, I, the repetitive structure hurts the song for you. This? You yes. I've decided there's a purpose for this album. And I found it. We've discussed off... And I'm going to kind of go way out in left field and we'll bring it back around. But it jumped into my head, so I want to say it. We've been discussing off the air for quite some time now that we want to do, as a public service, test a bunch of different headphones. 
to mm. test the quality, how we hear them. This album is perfect for that. Because not only does it not only do we hear different things, but certain songs, maybe not the whole album, but certain songs, there are intricacies that some headphones you might not even pick up. Yeah, that's true. On on, on poor headphones, this this album would it's got to be a nightmare on miss. poor headphones. Imagine listening to this album. On I, I even felt I, I felt I felt that these were struggling. I felt that your speakers were struggling at times. Oh yeah, I definitely. Really and my speakers aren't terrible speakers either. You know, I yeah. can't even imagine listening to this in my car. In my car, would be awesome. <laughs> but I, I guess John disagrees. I okay. he would he does not want to. Okay, these let's talk. Again. I'll tell you. I'll tell and, you. About, and that, I think I think it's time to really get down to the nitty gritty. Okay. What Here's we like and what wait, we wait. don't. Okay, the very end of track ten. Before we get into the actual, we have to talk about the very end of the track last 10. like minute and, and the a last half. yeah the last minute and a half two minutes. It's a bonus track. Ah, it's not a bonus one. track. It's a detractor track. I really couldn't stand it. Her Majesty is a pretty nice girl. <laughs> no, yeah, no. We knew we knew it was coming. We're like, oh, three minutes left. They're doing something special. I, I couldn't stand it. There was no point in it. It there just no seemed point. very... It was useless. It was just you them know, riffing. You know, I know exactly what I am, I am actually kind of tired of that, to I, be honest. You I, know, movies have a, have a tendency of doing this lately. And after the credits. Thing. After the credits, there's like this little scene, this little meaningless scene where they try to... Uh, Catch you for the sequel. No, not even, no, not no, even no. catch the sequel. Like like a day in the life kind of uh, snapshot of one of the characters' lives or something like that. Even yeah. if it's something the Avengers did it at the very very end. Yeah, but the event- yeah, some people like it. I, I'm not a fan particularly because so, I think it serves the same purpose as this bonus track. The difference. I think the difference is no. Well, first of all, the 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 day in the life thing. Yes, I agree. But right before that, there was something significant to comic book fans that they put in as a bonus right after the small part of the credits when they show. Thanos. But I will say most movies I don't appreciate the after the credits. I do for the Marvel movies because now it's just become a thing. You know, perhaps sorry to interrupt, but when you said the day of the life thing, it's funny because that's not what I meant. That may have been a Freudian slip on your part because the song Day in the Life. I, I meant it in terms of like, you know, the the, the snapshot of, of a still life, but the song A Day in a Life did the same thing. Yes. And eh, despite that I adore that song to no end. Even I will admit that that is probably a little bit of a throwaway uh, conclusion. Yeah. It's, it's awkward. Yeah. It's awkward, and it, it does seem like it's just there for the joke. Yeah. Eh, there's no, there's no real problem with that. I suppose I don't, I don't see as much of a joke here. Yeah. It just does really sound like noise. My biggest problem with this album is that it's completely schizophrenic and disjointed, and that not that there's limited arc, there's no arc. I mean, the only arc is in that that there's no arc. The chaos is the only unifying factor. It's a patchwork. Yes. It's a patchwork of very, very good ideas. And now... Separated by the ones that could have been thrown away. And based on what you told me about it, that they they email each other back and forth and they piece it together, I understand why it's this way. It doesn't excuse why it's made this way. Uh, It doesn't excuse why it's come out this way. Because when you played me some of their earlier tracks from the 2000 album... 2000 album, one of the tracks was just as chaotic as, as some of the tracks on this album, but it still wasn't a cluster of instruments. You could still determine what they were going for. Yeah, for all that I'm saying about this album, I mean, <laughs> for anyone that's heard the podcast up to this point would probably think that I, I think very, very ill of this band. I do not 
check out Friend and Foe, please. It is Manomana's 2007 album. It is a masterpiece, in my opinion. In my personal opinion, not everybody's. But this is just, it departs from that. Friend and Foe was walking along that that line of, of balancing chaotic, the sporadic nature of their sound with a, with a full-fledged idea. And their lyrics do tie it together in some extent. Even here, yes. I would not argue. I, I'm not, I don't think I'm 100% on board with you that it's uh, completely no arc. I think the lyrics do tie it together a little bit. Um, and their general sound. But their general sound is not that of the album. It's that of the band. The band sounds like that. But that that's quirks of their own device. It's nothing specific to this album. For instance, let's throw it out there. The Decemberists have a sound to themselves. It's that... It's that folk, almost Irishy sounding brogue, and they still are able to have a sound within a sound when they go from album to album. They have a concept, Hazards of Love was a perfect concept album, that had a sound unto itself, right? I didn't have to rely, oh yeah, this is the December sound. No, they had something within that, a uniformed idea within that. I'm not sure Manoman is doing that. I, I think it. they're just, you heard a sound I heard a sound? I heard a general... You know, general... there are other, other work. <laughs> uh, forget, about, forget about the other work, because I definitely saw... You played a two, three other songs for me. I definitely saw that this wasn't a band that just invented this music. They have been creating this over years. Uh, just from the smattering of other songs I heard from them. I heard an arc in this album. An, an, an arc of... of, of uh... It seems so contrary to what I thought. No, I heard an arc of melancholy in this album. I felt it in the songs. There was a general tone. Not all the songs were truly sad and melancholical. Is that a word? No. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> it's close to a word, but you know what I mean. Me- melan- melancholic. Like, that... like, like cholera. Okay, we'll go with that. Because that's pretty sad. Not every uh, song... I'd be sad if I had cholera. Not every song was sad, but every song had tones of uh, just a general... There's no other way but to describe it as melancholy. A general... Uh... Sadness. Yeah, I mean, there's. <laughs> I want to find other words for it, but that's really the only way to describe it. Every song had Lamentation, that lamentation, brooding. That that's a great word, brood. Oh, okay. This album was very brooding. You know what? Oh, I'm gonna. Ha- I, I I'm inclined to agree with John. In, in the lyrics, especially, you could hear that connection. Maybe not in the music, but definitely in the lyrics, I could hear that somewhat connectivity of brooding. But I still felt that the music. Music, finger quotes, and, and or art or, or, or noise or whatever that this album was produced in parts was still very disjointed from everything else. Uh, and I also think that's ruined a little bit by eh, Skint to Chorus, Don't Mess with the Texas. These were catchy songs. These yeah. weren't as brooding. Uh, yeah, exactly. And that's Not, not that every single track on a brooding, brooding album, album has, has to, to be, be that way, but I, I, it wasn't. It wasn't the focus, but it, it did tie there were most of the songs of it. together. It tied most of them. It did, it did I, not it, pervade my being with its brooding qualities. Yeah, I didn't feel that emotion listening to it. That would be my only counter-argument, is that I didn't... When you listen to an album that's brooding, like no, Korn, but, but you Matt, feel brooding. But Matt, but Matt, everybody listens to music differently. It's true. <laughs> it is It is true. Correct. Uh, this is true. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, maybe I'm hearing something that's not there. No, there's you're... a couple of th- things there. Well, that no, I no, heard this is what I was saying. We that getting, I don't want to. We were hear. getting into something good. What is art to you? 
Yeah. And to you. Oh, uh, to, to this, uh, this. Okay, this was. This uh, is why I chose this album because this really challenges every single thing we've been talking about. This is modern art, which is like bam, not, boom, bingo. Yeah. This, this all, is all blue. Okay, <laughs> all blue. I went through five or six really terrible metaphors before we went on air trying to describe this album, and I finally latched onto one that was kind of appropriate. This is you're in the MoMA. Don't know why. You're just going through. You're trying to describe to a friend who can't see this this piece of artwork you're looking at what a canvas with a little red spot up in the corner actually means to you. It's impossible to describe. It's impossible to convey that over the phone or to someone who's not there. Is it something that's just pretentious and ego-driven? Is it something that's, that's truly understanding and uh, a commentary on our society? I don't know. No one really knows. For me, for the most part, I find that sort of stuff to be really just, hey, look at what I made. I was bored and want to sell this for $3 million. This album almost went there. It almost went too far. It was just shy of keeping their egos in check on enough songs to really let their talent show through. Okay. Uh, but, wait, wait. but they did let it bleed through a little bit too much on, on a lot of their songs. Okay, you're, it was, you're, it was you're, half you're looking at me bad. thinking I'm going to contradict you. I, I, I'm here to say that, yes, after about a dozen really, really weird off-the-beaten-track metaphors, that is a perfect way to describe what is at work here. This is, this is modern art. I mean, it, it is listed as under-experimental. Experimental can be anything, and it always really walks the line between something that is actually listenable and something that you just confuse that. Yeah. And it really is. Like, how would you describe a, a piece of modern art to the blind? I mean, e- e- poorly. Even... <laughs> poorly. If you told a blind man that this red dot on a white ca- canvas is art, the blind person would be like, "What? Like, what do you mean it's art? It's a dot on a piece of paper." Yeah. You need context. You need some little clues to tell you that it that it, that it's that it means something. And uh, you know, perhaps this is where because I, I I do consider myself perhaps of the three of us. I'm a little more inclined to accept the, um, I don't want to say the pretentious, but I'm more inclined to accept the experimental. Okay, alright. Uh, you know what, actually I'm going to go with Bob Ross. You're right. It is Bob Ross. It's the opposite of Bob it's Ross. It's anti-Bob Ross. No, yeah, the anti-Bob Ross. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. The anti-Bob uh, that, Ross. That was, that was one of my not-quite-flushed-out metaphors. John really, really wanted me to say that point. <laughs> no, it's... it's he like, really wanted me to say it. You, so you know it. how Bob Ross is the very stereotypical landscape artist? These guys are doing the opposite. Yeah, I'm sorry, it is the anti-Bob Ross, because Bob Ross himself is anything but pretentious. He yeah, is oh, the absolutely. purest artist out there. He yeah. he paints he, what he sees, and it is a beautiful slice of life. I'm pretty sure he died not very rich either. He had he lived an average life. He, well, he he was on PBS for way too long to make money. <laughs> but he was it, never. It kind, of, it kind of takes out your soul, like PBS, after a while. So yeah. that could have been the cause of death. Well, he stopped making the happy he, little trees and started doing sad little bushes. Sad little. <laughs> but but no, uh, you start drawing <laughs> sad little bushes in your doodles. Start, starting to to kind of bring reel us, us in because we want to get into a bigger conversation after this because it's clear that we're kind of starting to go in circles a little bit about this album. I'll take on the undertaking first of trying to put a wrapper on this. Attempt. <laughs> yeah. Okay. By no means am I saying Menomina is a bad band. They are not. They're not. I don't think they're bad. 
I think that John was very clear in his comparison saying that they're just too big for their britches almost, if you want to simplify it a bit. They're, First of all, I don't think they're popular enough to necessarily be at that level. But I'm saying that they, they may think... But they may think. I think they think more highly of their process than the process conveys. Uh, there's also the possibility, though, because, I mean, I'm not trying to interrupt your attempt to wrap this up because I, I appreciate it. <laughs> but uh, I don't think it's... I'm not, I'm not ready to believe 100% that they're really going for anything pretentious. I don't think they're high on themselves. They could just be doing sounds that they like, which is an equal issue. Because yes. if you're just going for sounds that you'd like without an idea of, of what the end result is, they might be more inclined to gloss over the sections that most bands would be like, ooh, ooh, that was, that was, uh, that was a bad transition. We should fix that up. Which we, is... should, we should compose that a little bit more. They might be more inclined to say, like, hey, we have a great section later on. Does it really matter in the long run? Right. Which and is an that's, equally, that's equally, 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 equally problematic. Ba- yes, equally problematic. Exactly. But for me, you know... Uh, we've done lots of ratings on the scale. I mean, we've never really gone below a three. We, we, you know, I've doled out a few fives already based on how I feel about music and my rating. And it was just really hard to pinpoint this album for me because there are mo- like like John had said and you had said there are moments in this album that I absolutely love. Uh-uh. So same here. But they're so clearly ruined by the moments I can't stand. And it's so hard to separate them for me. Because to me, music is not part of a song. For me personally. Music is the song, if we're listening to an album. That is a very And if I can't enjoy the whole song, I'm not going to listen to it. I'm not. I I agree 100%. Although, you know, even... I I suppose... I I am more of a sucker for the parts of the song. Which is why this might get a little bit better than I've painted it out to be. Because... I, I do think that those moments matter in the end. I, I, I think it is about the moments. It is also about the final product, and, and that's definitely being taken into account. But I, I can't I can't compare. For instance, you said you said that uh, you haven't really gone anywhere below a three. I have. I, I, I yes. rated that Linkin Park album, I'll say it right here, I rated it as a two. And because I felt that that had... Nothing of what we've said so far. Right. I, I didn't feel any emotional connection to those songs. I didn't hear any amount of forethought at any moment in any song. There was very, very little that I could actually latch onto with uh, Linkin Park. Some of it may be taste. I, I, I agree with that. But the rest of it is, is kind of the writing on the wall. I, I, I don't feel that it was that any effort went into it particularly well obviously some effort went into it i keep going back on myself here but clearly a lot more of the effort went into this these are talented musicians who are going for something and when they come up with an idea it's highly original it's ecstatic almost and i'm not denying those factors but to kind of put it back on track but i can't i can't forget about that is a thing and i'm not either but the point i was trying to make about a song is the way I, me, personally, listen to music, right. I have to enjoy an entire song to listen to it. Like Plumage, that'll go on a mixed CD. Heavy as Heavy does, will definitely go on a mixed CD. Those songs were strong, great tracks that I loved in their entirety. Even for the things that were a little disappointing within the song, I still truly enjoyed the tracks. But One Horse, 
you know, Gift Shop. These are songs that the bad outweighed the good in those songs so much that I just can't listen to it as a song. I'm not discounting the good in the songs. I'm not saying that they don't exist or that I didn't appreciate it. Yeah, you're right. But this, it, this is in the end, these are album reviews. We and, are rating the album, and this is my rating on the album. For me, this album gets a three point two five. No, to pull a speed. <laughs> Whole or halves, no point whatevers. No. No, 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 no. Because you've done it too. No. I always go with it with a solid or a half. Steve does it and he's like 3.82157. I did that once. <laughs> That's a All joke. Right. Then, three and a quarter. No. Okay. Three and a half. Then. Okay, three and a half. Because there is talent in this band, there is care in this album, it's not soulless, it's not mindless. In the fact that they definitely were trying to create something. And I just, I can't get behind it as an album. I can't. For me, it's it's a 3-5. I'll listen to a couple tracks. But as an album as a whole, I just didn't enjoy it. But it's not an abomination. It's not a terrible record. John really wants the last word. So I guess I have to go first. Um... I'll be releasing an article fairly soon about my rating system and exactly what I feel each number to be in their most general sense. But I should also stress here that there are obviously exceptions to the rule. Things that just little subtle things that I think are so incredible that they may push something out of where it would normally be by every other criteria in the book. And to be clear also, Uh, we're all planning on releasing explanations of our rating system because we all, the three of us, do rate albums differently. Right. So... This is an artistic sound, that much is certain, with me at least. Um, I agree. The main detractor is its lack of focus. As I've said many times, I cannot get on board with it front to back, because it just loses me at so many turns. I'm trying to follow it, and it's like that person that you're trying to follow to get someplace, because you should never, ever establish that as a means of getting from one location to another. Oh yeah, just follow me. And a series of red lights get in the way and you lost them completely. Get your own directions. That's that's a side point of mine. <laughs> but um seriously, I, I it does this to me a lot. It just completely loses me. And then I I haphazardly get back on board with it. That's the thing. It's haphazard. So this would normally, by my standard, which I will release Put it in a two range, but I can't in good conscience put it in a two range because it has so many redeeming qualities. They just need to be organized better. So that bumps it up to about a 3.5. I agree with you 100%, Matt. Okay. I thought I was going to be way off from you two. But, okay, this album is egotistical, overblown, a little pompous, but very intelligent. It was very innovative. It was also cluttered, but it was sweet. I mean, there's so many contradictions in this album, going I, back and forth, back I and agree. forth. Me too. I, I, it's a three. There is nothing else, because there are parts that really would set it above everything else, but there are parts that just drag it right back down. There's not enough good to outweigh the bad, and vice versa. It's a three. Take it or leave it. I think I agree with the way Steve explained it. I would have put it at a two-two if there weren't. Redeeming qualities. I, I agree. Yeah. But because there's stuff, I, I bumped it up because I do appreciate what they were trying to do and I do appreciate parts of it. I respect it. There are parts in here that are very respectable, very inventive, and I would love to see properly done, but it just wasn't properly done. They were trying too much. They were going to, they were reaching too far. Or not trying enough. It could be said for either way. 
That's they, true. They were we, either, we will never know. They were either too they were pompous and thought they were better than it, or they just didn't care enough because they liked what they had and kind of just did as they pleased. If this is, it could go either way. It if, really could. If this is their idea of the finished product, if this is their idea of art, who are we to say anything about it? Uh, that all we, well, we can only say something about it because we no, like it's, to. Yeah. And, it's, <laughs> yeah. And, and, and if this is art, it belongs in the MoMA. And, um, and a lot of people know, uh, uh, my friends know, that I'm not a big fan of the MoMA. Uh, the Museum of Modern Art. I find the Museum of Modern Art to be somewhat pretentious. You know, to be fair, the Museum of Modern Art is more than just modern art. There's other stuff there that's great. That's true. And that it's more true. than red dots on canvases. There it, is, it is true. But it's just like what I said about experimental. You could go either way with it. It's the it's the cutting edge of art as we know it. But the problem is, I find a lot of people will choose an idea as the cutting edge of modern art. And be wrong. And I, I hate to say that, but some people are just plain old wrong. <laughs> okay, I can't get aboard with that. I, yeah, this, I can't. No, there is just some artists this will be out in there. My, in my, uh, there's, there's some artists out there that will take splashes and throw it against the wall and call that art. And but, they will put they will attribute meaning to things that really when you look at it and you go no that's red white and blue thrown on a black canvas they're like no it's a representation of the struggle of man versus machine and you're like where are you getting that from now right. you made it I, I see your point I, I, I wouldn't go as far as to say they're wrong secretly, <laughs> secretly they could be right but clearly and I'm, I'm, I'll just slip out a little secret line here which will be in my uh, article word for word practically I think it's an insult to the public that's what I think <laughs> it is it really it just you, spits on the public's face because it it presumes that there is something that this one person has to tell that everyone should accept. And then, of course, the prices behind most of these modern art pieces are the worst. But that's, wanna... that's where the... Anybody can say what they want to say. That's the thing. But I want to reel this back into a music conversation, because that's what we're here to talk about. No, no, I'm, 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 I'm getting... We're getting to that. And let me... I'm... This is art. Okay. I want to say something, too. This is art on a grand scale, and, and I have And I no want to say something to that. You can't say someone's wrong. You can't, because when it comes to art... Art specifically, the word art is interpretation. Art is all interpretation. It is all interpretation. So you I... can't say someone else is wrong. Then again, the, uh, the, the city government of New York City paid an artist to create a piece for Central Park. And he came up with, I kid you not, hanging orange... Sheets. I remember this. Yes. I remember. And that was called modern art. Hanging orange sheets from light posts. And that, yes, that you, right you, there... You speak to paid... the public as if everyone should understand that that's ridiculous. They might not yeah. all understand that's, that. That's the, the, they the may clear... See I can't say what it is. You can't say what it is. But there could be something there. Yeah. I'm agreeing that's with you thing. that I don't see anything, but I... <laughs> When you're talking about art, art is so opinion heavy, so opinion heavy. That's why we're doing a podcast about it, right? Because but, well, about the music side of things, right? Because but that's that's my point is it's that, never ending. That you can I understand why you're saying they're wrong. I get it, and it's an emphatic point to prove your point, and I get it. But when it comes to opinion, there is no right and wrong, no matter how negatively you feel to the contrary. That's all I'm trying to express. I agree with you. Orange sheets is not art. It's orange sheets. They're bed sheets. Go put them on your bed. But that's my opinion. 
You know? But I think that actually should not just be an opinion. There are certain things that people have called artistic and enticing and all these nice tag words that really don't represent... Like, we'll, we'll talk about music in this case. Oh, really? Look at... No, no, no. We'll go back to... We'll come back to topic. There are some music that people will say is just innovative and huge and out there and there's music that that they use these taglines for that just really isn't it's just noise or repetition or see but i dis i i i am not disagreeing with your uh with your point so much as i'm disagreeing with your phrasing you cannot simply say that it isn't because there could be a valid reason as to why it is you may just not feel it's as strong as they do. For every point you can create... Someone will argue a reason why those orange sheets... I'm sure he had his reasoning. I'm sure I could go online right now and find reasons why those orange sheets were art. And I may, at the end result, think that is complete BS. Well, okay. That doesn't mean that it is. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Yes, Matt? <laughs> I have an idea in my head of... How we can kind of relate this to modern art. Because there's an artist who, as a musician, I cannot stand her work in any capacity. But her stage presence and what she comes up with is like the embodiment of modern art and our, our problems with it. Lady Gaga, which I'm sure everyone saw coming a mile away, I'm not a fan of her music. It's not for me. It's not terrible i've heard worse but it's i'm not a fan of it i've certainly heard worse i'll say that right out front but there is some element of her that is actually catchy i can't i, I look i'm not gonna say that's in my headphones you probably will not hear that at the beginning right. of uh you know what's been your headphones i'm not gonna shout out lady duck gaga but when i would casually hear it on the radio because it is absolutely absolutely everywhere every once in a while i will tap my foot should i feel 100 percent guilty maybe should i yes yeah. yes okay. you should but okay. but, the right, point, but the but the point I was trying to make is that her outfits and how she she has a, a sense of humor about her art and her work and like even the stuff ah, she's done ah, on Saturday ah. Night Live and, and that could be the art behind it. Is it just satire? You'll never know. I, I, as far as I'm concerned, she's such an off the wall figure that I would actually believe it. I just might. She's a more exaggerated version of Madonna. She absolutely is. Hundred percent parody satire. Bam art. And I will say that yes, uh, while I do not enjoy her music, I will, I will, I do respect her as an artist and as a musician. She tries something different. She tries something new, and she really is making a name for herself. Less because her music is super catchy, but because of how she presents her music and even her lyrics. She she really does go out to be in your face, and she sets it in the framework of pop. You know what it is? It's that, relevancy. It's relevancy because I I. I was never that into Madonna particularly, so a parody on Madonna is meaningless to me. And that's why Lady Gaga is not particularly up my alley, because it's just not relevant to my tastes. If, if, if art is based on an aspect of the human condition that you're just not familiar with particularly, then that art can be relatively meaningless to you, and you might scoff at it and pass it off as, as BS. But, but that's you... false. Can you actually say something? We'll, we'll shy away from her because I think she's more of an exception uh, to the rule. Uh, what about like One Direction? Or uh, yeah, but no one's claiming that One Direction is art. Uh, yeah, actually, critics are claiming bands like that and musicians like that is art. 
I would like to say that I don't really want to make that blanket of a statement without some kind of oh, okay, relevant fine. information. I'll put it on. I'll put it on the comment section. I will actually find good reviews. I, I, I would like that of bands I consider to be unartistic. And if you can find backing of people saying that they were artistic, I mean. I won't make no. I will. I will own up to this on the website. I will not make this blanket statement without actually saying, without actually proving it. Right. But for me, I mean, I do agree. There are. I feel like there are, there are critics who take fandom and artism, art, artisticness, artism, autism. Don't go there. <laughs> arti- artisticness, to talent. A, maybe that word. Fandom and talent. You to know, a whole sometimes new Sometimes I actually really like when our words go in a different direction than I thought they would. A wire? <laughs> a, run- a wire. And, yeah. But I just... Sorry, Matt. It's, it's fine. It's just... It's just so... I lo- Talking about music as art is very difficult for me. Because I look at music a very specific way to myself. And I don't know that I always look at it as art. I just I don't know that I do. Okay, see so that that's that now that's a fair observation because this might actually depend on where we actually want society to go. But everyone also, has their own opinion on that, you know. But also this album, I can't understand how people would view this album as art, even though I personally don't. I let's just take a look at the word pretentious for just for one second. Okay, because it is it is it is cast off as a pretty bad word. Generally, we all agree on that, right? Yes. But is it always a bad thing? Think about it. There's two types of people. You know, someone who believes that a certain amount of pretentiousness, of a higher, holier-than-thou attitude is not good for society because it can lead to sinuidiness, um, amongst other things. Perhaps even the idea that whatever they say goes, whatever they think should be the case. And that kind of that kind of belief is detrimental because then we just trust those people and we can't always trust those people. The other side of the picture is that the people who are called pretentious might feel, for their side, that their music, they're, they're trying to make people think. The people that people don't think anymore and that's just as damaging. So the people who are trying to, who are, quote, called pretentious, they're just out there to, they think they're bettering society. That's the thing. It's all a matter of perspective. That's my point. If that could be any more convoluted, you could say pretentious is the bad side of the coin, and confidence is the good side. Much more concise way of putting it. Yes, there's a fine line between. I did it. I did it in a. I did this paragraph in a in a sentence. Fair enough. Fair enough. No, that's fair. I'm good. I'm actually surprisingly good with emotions, yet terrible with words. It's it's a curse. Really, I'm just better when I'm writing. When I'm talking, it's just like it's like thing. It's it's like Rome. It's like Rome. Don't you hear Rome in this music? I do. I hear a little bit of Anchorage, too. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. bit. Alright, well, in in wrapping up, um, I mean, there's so much that can be said about this topic, and it really is a broad topic of of art versus music, and I think we have more to say about it, but I don't... We have a lot more to say about it. But I don't really want to go on too long, but... But I, I definitely want to say that I do want to go revisit this, I think with more examples of what we think would be viewed as art in the music scene and the music realm, especially when it comes to maybe when we go back to the discussion of documentaries and how maybe certain bands are viewed as this artistic talent versus just bands who are out there to make money. 
the fact of the matter is, we're going to come at this later with, uh, this is the most generalized intro discussion to yes. this topic, which will be an endless topic, and we're going to bring uh, examples, sources, that kind of stuff. I think that's going to make this a lot more focused. I agree. Because I believe that our work should be just as focused as the artists who we try and criticize. Um, but now I want to take a moment to step back from everything and talk about the website. Um, recently, within the last week, I added a donate button onto the website. Um, if you guys really enjoy what you hear here on the podcast, if you enjoy what you see on the website, and you would like us to get better, you know, have you know a better quality in in the sound, be able to do more things for you. Go go see shows. Go. Rev- you know, bring the, the website to the next level. Anything that you can contribute, we would greatly appreciate. It would only make all of the c- content that you get 100% for free better. Yeah, and most often, I think uh, we need just as much direction as the artist in question. So Correct. If there's a, a particular point you'd like us to expand on, because right now this is just a lot of uh, brainstorming, throwing ideas around. But um, I want to... Hopefully we get something a little bit more honed down in the future. Yes. But I, I want to take a moment to specifically thank a friend of mine, Sal, who did donate to the podcast. We appreciate it. It's going to hopefully go towards um, new equipment for the podcast or even promotional materials so we can get the, uh, the website out there a bit more. And I want to thank him for that. And anyone who feels like contributing in the future, thank you. Our support on Facebook has been great. People have been following us and commenting. Please keep commenting on the website. Send us some emails, crashchordsblog at gmail.com. If you have an opinion about uh, an article that we put up, don't comment on the Facebook page. I mean, comment on the Facebook page, but also comment on the article. Uh, you know, we really want to have a forum to discuss discrepancies. A lot of this stuff just comes down to opinion, and we'd love to hear from you guys. Suggestions for future podcasts, information that you'd like us to look into, artists that you'd love for us to review. I'd love to get a fan request for an album review. That'd be fantastic. Defend so, your opinions that we have already proven wrong. <laughs> please, please uh, reach out to us. We do appreciate everything that you guys give us. Um, but I just wanted to make a special note of the changes we're making to the website. We will continue to change it for the better. And to thank those who have been supporting us. Um, and as always, music is life and life is good. <laughs>